Fantastic. Well, tonight we are in a series. It's week two of Waves. Somebody say Waves. waves. You got to say it just like that because I can't sing. Say waves. 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 Waves don't die. Anyways, Waves. We're in a series called Waves. And Waves was awesome. Last week we talked about leaving our village. Who was here for last week? Who left their village last week? Make some noise. We left that behind. We ain't ever going back. We lit a match and we torched that village. Amen. People are like, there are people in there. Oh, my gosh. You got, you got too serious too quick. All right. But we talked about that, man. Jesus brought some people out of their village last night. We just kind of let the Holy Spirit do his thing in the end of my message. And man, did he ever. And so tonight we are believing for God just to come and move. Does that sound good? But tonight, week two, it's waves. The title of my message is this. Last week we left our village. This week we are losing our ship. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, you ready to lose your ship? Oh, we're going to have fun tonight. Oh, man. Uh, turn to another neighbor and be like, y'all ready to lose your ship? I was about to lose my ship during worship, but I figured I should keep my ship together until uh, we get to the message, if you know what I'm saying. Man, wow. I've had too much coffee, and that is going to slip. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, tonight, title of the message is, in fact, losing my ship. Does that sound good? Four people are convinced. They're like, this is going to go really bad. He's going to say something he shouldn't. Kids, you not. It's not going to happen. But we're coming out of Acts chapter 27 tonight. If y'all got your Bible, who got a Bible in the house? Wave your device. Wave your leather back. Whatever you got in me. Wave in the air like you just don't care. But you do care. All right. If you do not have an actual physical Bible, we have some back there. We have some back there. If you would like one at the Welcome Home Station, or you can check yourself into the nearest Motel 8 and steal yourself a Gideon. They have them in every room. It's available to you. It's good. Get yourself a Gideon. <laughs> Did he name his message "Losing My Ship" and then tell people to steal? Yes. All right. Acts 27, uh, uh, chapter 27, verses 27 through 44. It sounds like a lot, but it's going to be good. Somebody say it's going to be good. Somebody say, preach it already. If you say so. About midnight. Somebody say, about midnight. All of Paul's, and this is free. This is even my notes. If you read the Bible, all of Paul's greatest successes, all of his victories, every time he overcame, every time God showed up in his life, all of these things, most of them, more times than not, start with about midnight. How many of you guys know that when it's his darkest hours, God can still do his greatest work? Amen? About midnight on the 14th night of the storm. That's a long storm. Anybody ever been in a, caught in a 14-night storm? Everybody ever been in a storm that lasted longer than it had any business staying in your life? <laughs> Thanks, man. No, she's fantastic. I love you. About 14th night of the, uh, night of the storm, as we, were being, uh, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped the weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. That is deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. What is going on? At this rate, they were afraid we would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. Oh, man. They lowered the lifeboat as, th as though they were going to put out anchors and, uh, from the front of the ship. But Paul said to, uh, to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless you sailors stay aboard. Words from Paul. So the soldiers cut the ropes of the lifeboat and left the drift behind. Let it drift away. Verse 33. Just, a day was, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you, that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something for now for your own good, for no hair on your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before all of them, broke off a piece, and ate it. Verse 36. 
Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. All 276 of us who were on board, after eating, the crew lighted the, lightened the ship by, uh, further by throwing the cargo and wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach. Somebody say with a beach. And wondered if they could get to the shore by running the ship aground. Verse 40. So they cut off the anchors and let them, left them to, in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed towards the shore. But they hit a shawl. Somebody say shawl. Shoal. Yeah, I can't pronounce that word either. And the, I, I said, asked you guys to repeat that because I really needed confirmation on how to, on how to repeat it. I was like, how do you say this word? <laughs> this guy's a joke. Whatever, man. Hit a shoal. We can have fun at church, can't we? Hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. Verse 42, and we're coming to the end here. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump aboard jump aboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks and debris from the broken ship so everyone escaped safely to shore. Somebody say, that was a lot. Somebody say, it's going to be good though. All right, we're going to redeem it. We're going to pray and then we're going to dig into it. Sound good? fantastic. Jesus, I just thank you for tonight, God. I thank you for every single person who has purpose, who is intentionally, who has prioritized being found in the house of God tonight, God. We are a young church, as in weeks old, God, but we are going to lift up a huge praise tonight, God. We are believing for big things for ourselves collectively as a church, God, but for ourselves individually, God, and we believe the serious ways we left our village behind tonight. We are losing our ship, Jesus. We are chasing after you with everything that we have, God. We're leaving it all behind and surrender to you, God. So change us, mess us up in these next few moments, God. We're not content with the people we are right now. Jesus, we want more of you. And if we feel like we're content, God, shift our focus, shift our views, change everything on the inside of us, God, because we cannot be content with who we are. We want more of you tonight, Jesus. If you believe that, would you lift up a shout of praise? No, I said a shout of praise. He's worthy. Lift up a shout of praise. Rusty's still singing. <laughs> Throw me off. Losing my ship, man. I love this verse. I love what's going on here. You probably think I'm demented because of that. This is Paul. Paul, anybody know the Apostle Paul? Can I get a little bit of context real quick? So this is the Apostle Paul. Paul is an OG, okay? Paul is a gangster for Jesus. Paul, before he became Paul, he was known as Saul. And when he asked, as Saul, he went around literally killing Christians. Like he was commissioned to go and behead and to stone and to literally destroy Christians. Anybody who was a follower of Jesus. One day, Paul is riding along on a donkey. The Holy Spirit came down, knocked him off his donkey. And he had a real encounter with Jesus. Man, you get real close to the line, man. What are you doing? He had a real encounter with Jesus. And, and, and Paul, if you follow his story time and time again, because of preaching the gospel, because of living for Jesus, because of putting everything behind, he left his village of who he used to be, the man he used to be. He left his village of Saul behind, and he walked out as Paul. And now he is trapped on a ship where he is forced to lose his ship. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a really good uh, juxtaposition tonight between that and what we are called to do. But this is Paul. This is who he is. And so it says that he was 
on this ship. There was 276 of them. And Paul was certain, like, this thing is going down. Do you want to hear about something really cool? Acts 27, uh, 36 to 26 says this. This is, this is the, uh, the prelude. This happened moments before this. For the last night, an angel of God to whom I belong, whom I serve, stood, be, uh, sir, stir, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety for everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on this island. And the reason I want to preach from this tonight and the subject of losing our ship is this. Paul had the absolute utmost confidence that his God is who he says he is, that his God is Jesus Christ, that his God went to the cross, defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave, and will make a way for Paul. His angel came to him. He gave him a word. Anybody ever got a word from God tonight? Anybody ever had a promise from God? You ever been have somebody spoken over you that you were going to do this or you had great things on your life? Anybody been there? Yeah. That's weak. If you have not been told that, I'm going to tell you right now. Every single one of you, this is not my notes, this is free. Every single one of you, you were not created on accident. This is not happenstance. Your birth, there was no surprise to God. He has great plans for every single one of you. You do not have leftovers. you got a plan. Amen. And it starts tonight with losing your ship. Last week, we came out of the village, man. But tonight, we're going to lose our ship. Last week, we talked about the village, right? The village. And the village was our, our past, our history. Before coming to know Jesus, our village was, man, we were out there, and we had a label from society. People called us this. Our parents said this. They never graduated college, so I'm never going to graduate this. Our village is our history. It is those negative things that people have spoken over us, those things that have been condemning and shameful and left us feeling unworthy of a calling, unworthy of Jesus, unworthy of a future, that we were only going to be whatever we have experienced up until this point. Is anybody remember last week? That is our village. And so for a lot of us, God has called us out of that village. He has already walked us out of it. If we have come to know Jesus, he has pulled us from the grips and the death of the devil, and he has pulled us into a future that he has for us. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. Who knows it? Anybody know Jeremiah 29, 11? Our God has plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a what? A future, amen. And our future starts tonight, week two of waves of losing our ship. And I kid you not, when I was saying this, that I wanted to lose my ship during worship, I meant that. What is the ship? The ship are the things that I'm carrying around. The ships are the things that when, you know what? God has promised me a destination. He has promised me a future. He has promised me a future glory. He has given me a calling. He has said, Matt, you're going to do this. He has said, Lizzie, you are going to do this. You are going to be free. Jamie, you are going to be free. You are going to live a life unhindered by anything outright for Jesus. He has a call for us. Some is vocation-wise, and some of it is just, you know what? We're here, and I'm going to give God glory through everything that I do, and I'm just called to be a catcher. I'm going to go out into my workplace. I'm going to go out into my friend group. I'm going to go to my family reunions, people I don't want to see ever, and I'm going to be an anchor for Jesus. Amen. So he has this call for all of us. But man, if we're ever going to answer that call, if we're ever going to be everything that God has called us to be, if we're ever going to make it to the destination in this verse, uh, Paul is on his way to an island called Malta. Everybody heard of Malta? Actual place is still around today. It's Malta. He was on his way to Malta. He was shackled. He was chained. He was a slave to these people. He was put into a prison, and then he was taken as a slave. And God says this. Know what's really funny about God? I think he kind of has a sense of humor, because the angel comes to him and says, you are still going to stand trial before Caesar. Don't fret. Like, you could be shipwrecked, and you probably could get out free. But no, no, no. You're going to be honorable, Christian. You're going to be honoring, and you are going to go stand trial still before Caesar. God's pretty funny about that because you know that Paul goes on to do far greater things than just stand trial before, uh, before Caesar. 
But here he is, and he's on his way to Malta and, and anything that could. Have you ever been out in life? Anything that could happen. You ever been in life? We talk about waves, all right? The series called Waves. Waves are uh, a lot of things in life, but often waves are things that we think that we can see from the shore. We're like, oh, that looks like a good idea. I could get out there. I could just go play around a little bit. I could just go play in this scene a little bit. I could go play in this a little bit. Oh, that looks fun, or she looks fun, or this looks fun, or he looks fun. And we get out there, and we get out there. And the closer we get or the longer we stay, the waves get bigger. Amen. Anybody, am I talking to anybody tonight? The waves get bigger. They look smaller from the shore. It looked like something I could handle. It looked like something that I could just tap into once, something that I could just get out there and swim in once. It looked like something that wouldn't keep me, something that would just push me back in. It was a lazy river at Michigan Adventures, Michigan. It was just this easy, Michigan Adventures, shout out. It was just this easy waves that I thought I would be able to ride, but as soon as I got out there and the longer that I stayed, I realized I was getting thrashed and thrown by the waves. Am I talking to anybody tonight? Have you ever felt like you've been in over your head because of decisions that you've made? Have you ever felt like something, maybe it's sin, maybe it's just a bad decision, maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's a lifestyle, maybe it was just out too late one night, whatever it was, did you ever feel like maybe it cost you more than you were willing to pay and it kept you longer than you wanted to stay? Am I preaching to anybody? Those are waves. And those moments, those are our ships. Our ships are our baggage. Our ships are these things that we find security in. Man, I, I thought when I was going to get in this scene and I was going to hang out with these people, man, I felt like I was going to have all of the confidence in the world. Maybe for some of us tonight, we were in the church for a long time, but we never felt loved. We never felt accepted. We never felt actually wanted. And so we stepped out of our community of godly people. And maybe you were in a place that, you know what? They weren't super awesome. And I apologize for that. This is a church that's super awesome. Everybody in here is super awesome. You're in a place that loves you, that wants you, that's welcoming, and wants God's best for your life. Amen? That's Takeover Church. Do you believe that? Make some noise. Come on. We're going to preach tonight. We're going to get into it tonight. But maybe you were in that place and you, you didn't feel loved and accepted or wanted and you stepped out and you started dabbling in this community or in this scene or whatever. Or maybe you were just from a small town. Anybody from a small town in here? Yo, my parents made me do a two-year stint in a place called Hesperia. All right? Ain't nobody got worse than me. That was terrible. Put your hands up from a small town. You ain't got it as bad as I do. All right. Burnt my village. I ain't never going back. But we're having fun tonight. But man, maybe you grew up. And you wanted to get out of that small village. Maybe you wanted to get out of that town. Maybe you wanted to get out of the reach and control of your parents. I have very controlling dad. I, I couldn't ask him for a single thing without having to owe him everything. Am I preaching to anybody? Anybody ever been there? But man, sometimes we want to get out of those things that we felt like really uh, uh, caved us in, those things that really kept us close, the things that really kept suffocating us all of our lives. And so our village, we might have left our village, but we didn't leave our village with Jesus because we left our village for some waves that we thought we could ride, for a city that we thought we could partake in, for a nightlife that we thought wouldn't hold us, that would be fun, that looked promising. It was a good time. There was community. People were always good. And we realized time and time again, we just kept getting thrashed by the waves. We kept getting thrashed. We got caught by the undertow. Anybody ever been there before? for. That's just the waves. And so here is Paul and man, he's out in the ship, right? Water break. So he's out in a ship, right? And it's certain doom, it says, man, they are just getting thrashed and thrown. And then when they put their anchors down, that's, that's, that's our life, right? Like sometimes we take inventory of our lives. Like, yeah, I'm pretty happy, right? Like I'm, I'm 20 some years old. I'm 30 some years old. I got a, I got a relationship and you know, it's, it's not necessarily God's best for my life, but she's pretty cool or he's pretty all right. I mean, he doesn't get angry that often, but he does get angry some, right? We, we, we put an anchor down and we take a temperature and we gauge our lives sometimes, right? We sit there and we think about these things. Hey, 
hey, how did I wind up here at 27? How did I wind up here at 35? How did I wind up here at 52? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so they're on the ship and they put down an anchor and they check and see where they're at. Oh, we had 120 feet deep, man. It's getting, it's getting pretty close. It's a pretty close call. I had a really rough night last night. I think I drank a little bit too much last night. I don't remember last night. And that's a, that's a problem. So we're checking gauges in our life. And then they keep going on. Knowing that certain doom is going to happen on this ship, the longer they stay out in the waves, they can realize they are touching down and going, wow, we are getting really close to ground. We are getting really close to rock bottom. Anybody ever hit rock bottom before? I have. Ended up in a jail cell. I'll tell you about it later. Rock bottom happens. And as they keep going, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing for the Christian tonight. And if you don't believe in Jesus yet tonight, it's my hope that uh, I wouldn't convince you to follow Jesus. It's my hope that through this worship set and through this word and through the fun that we're having in the loving community, that the Holy Spirit would begin to tug on your heart tonight, knowing that he has been pursuing you since birth, that tonight is your night. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? That is my hope. That's why we have church, is to equip the saints and bring more people into the home. Saint does not mean perfect. Saint means follower of Jesus. It means I have given my life and I'm going to continue to follow you, being perfect affected by you, Jesus. That's what church is about. As we're taking these temperature gauges, man, 90 feet, certain, certain death, man, we are going to hit rock bottom. Our ship is going to go. And often in this, in this life, friends, I've been there. Man, when we're hitting rock bottom, when things are going on, what do we hold on to? We hold on to our ship. We hold on to what we've been riding in, what we've been rolling in, what we've been rocking and rolling in. We hide to those things that we feel like we can control. I can control the ship. I can control the wind. I can control the rudder. I can control this. I can control how fast I get there. I can control if I get there at all. I can control where I'm going and how I'm going and why I'm going. I can control these things. We collapse onto our ships. But I think what Jesus wants to know at Takeover Church tonight is if you are going to be willing that when life gets hard, because guess what? Just because you've made bad decisions and because you've gotten out there in the water, God's promise still stands to you just like it stands to Paul. You are going to get where he has you. He promises you might have to lose your ship. You might get banged up against rocks because you've made bad decisions. But friends, you will arrive at Malta safely. You have left your village. You will not stay in the water. You will not get broken and beaten by the rocks. You will make it. Amen. Amen. But I think the question that Jesus wants to ask us tonight at Takeover Church on this Sunday evening at 5 p.m. It's good to have church at nighttime, right? Who ate bagels this morning? Who had some French toast this morning? Who slept in a little bit this morning? Pancakes? Who slept in? Church in the nighttime is great. You should sleep until noon. That's what you should do. Grab brunch and then you should bring your friends to church. But one thing that Jesus is asking us tonight is that when we're out there in the shore, because we're human, we have all made these choices. Pull the veil back. This is church. If you've been in a church before and it pretended to be perfect, it ain't. And guess what? We ain't. This is not a perfect church. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't go there. You'll ruin it. We're all human. This is part of it. So pull back the veil. Mask off. We just got out of the series. It was great. The thing that Jesus wants us to know tonight is that when we make those decisions, we can always come home, one, but two, when we make those decisions and we get out there above our head. Grace is for the moments when you're above your head. Grace is for when you're doing it well, and it's inspiring and encouraging, and grace is for when you're over your head. You can look above the waves. Maybe you are straddling water. You are sucking in salt water. Maybe you are feeling like you are drowning. Higher the waves, the greater the grace. Amen? Because guess what? Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the deeper, all the deeper. Somebody say, all the deeper. You might have thought you were in over your head, but guess what? The only thing that's over your head is Jesus Christ and 
guess what's under his feet? Your waves, amen? And so he has pulled us out of this village and he has brought us, well, we've made decisions, we're out in the waves and friends, what he wants to know tonight is if when you were above, when the waves are above your head, when life is too hard, when you've made some bad decisions, when you were in over your head and you were thinking about giving up, you're asking where God is, you're asking who's going to show up, are we grabbing onto our ship or are we grabbing onto our Savior? When we're in over our head, are we grabbing onto what we can control and to what we think is our safety net? Are we grabbing onto our cars and our trucks and our toys and our big screen TVs, our finances, our bank account, these things that we think we have control over, we think give us status that gives us a ship to hold onto? Are we clinging onto these things or are we clinging onto our Savior? Because when we're in deep, deep water, friends, the only thing that will not fail you every single time, you might think he's failing you, but guess what? New uh, word to the wise, when God's not seemingly doing something, he's doing something. When you don't feel like he's moving, he's moving. God does nothing not on purpose. He is always intentional. Even when it seems like there's silence, there's purpose in the silence. There's purpose when he's moving. There's purpose when you don't see him moving. I preach to anybody tonight. And so he wants to know, Christian, young person, old person, father, daughter, mother, wherever you find yourself tonight. When life gets rocky and the waves got you up against the rocks and when you have hit rock bottom on the side, on the bottom, on the other side, the only way to look up is up. Are you going to take and hold on to the ship that is falling apart beneath your feet, the things that will fall? Or are you holding on to your Savior? I'm losing my ship tonight. Is anybody losing their ship tonight? We can't. We cannot keep going, holding on to the things in this life that will ultimately fail us. Man, life is full of waves. Life, life is full of waves that we don't even choose. There's sometimes we're just waiting around in the water and we just realize that we've walked too far. There's times where we're sitting down and, and we still got our tank top on, if you're me, because I'm ashamed, and I'm out there and I'm in the water. <laughs> Come on, laugh. Hello, Levity. <laughs> laugh with your boy. It's funny. Dad bod, what do you do? But we're out there, we're laying in the water, we're just getting a little bit warm, we're not trying to get out there too much because we're ginger and we get sunburned and, and we're just out there and suddenly we realize, suddenly we realize that we've just drifted too far. And in our lives, man, we make one decision and it's like, you know what, like, I could be at church on Sunday, but... And it's not, even, it's not even big sinful things. It's not. It's the little things that trip us up in this life. It's the little ships that come in that, that ruin the marina, that ruin the harbor. Amen. It's the little things. It's like, you know, I could be in church tonight, but, you know, I, I, you know and shout out to Dan and Natalie because they just bought a house. They just moved in and they were unloading a truck and everything yesterday and they still made it to church. There is painting to be done. There are boxes to be unpacked and they have purpose being found in the house of God. But for some of us... Yeah. It's the little things. It's like, you know what? Like, I just had a really long week and I kind of want to go to bed early. And church is at five and, you know, I'm probably going to go to bed around 8.30. You could still make the church, but you justify this, right? It's the little things that get us. You know what? You know, I, 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 should go to, I should go to Babe Crew or I should be on a team and I should be at team night and I should be in community and God really has, you know, a good community there for me. And, and often we don't even put this much thought into why we don't do things. We never do. Like, it might pop in our head of like, you know, I should be at, you know, crew night or, or whatever it is. Or I should ask Amanda to go out for a coffee or, or a beer or whatever after work. And I, and I could really use somebody to talk to you right now. But instead, it's just kind of easier not to send a text and go home. 
it's kind of easier to find my 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 uh, sympathy in, in, a, in a bottle of Ben or a, no, or I guess in a bottle. I was going to say a tub of Ben and Jerry's at Netflix, but a bottle works too. Wherever you find your sympathy and your empathy from, but it's these little things. So when waves are above our head, when we're feeling like we're getting thrashed up against the rocks, when we feel like we've just gotten drifted too far, when we get that bad doctor's report, or when our mother gets that bad doctor's report, man, we have a young man that just moved to Dallas-Fort Worth, and his mother was diagnosed in a matter of weeks with two different types of cancer in two different parts of her body. And yeah, he's moving to Fort Worth in Dallas to be with them or whatever, but God really started opening doors for them. For Eugene, my man Eugene, when, he, when this all happened in his life, he didn't just get depressed. He didn't just get uh, uh, upset being so far away from her. Man, no, he got down on his knees. He started praying. He asked the team here at church to pray. Man, we were waging worship on the other side of this. He was worshiping his heart out in tears, streaming down his face, not because he needed it, but for a breakthrough for his mother, man. When we are out there in the rocks, are we going to hold on to our ship? Are we going to hold on to our medicine? Are we going to hold on to our doctor? Are we going to hold on to these things that will fail? that will go, that will leave us? Or are we going to hold on to the one thing that can actually sustain us? And that's our Savior. That's the question tonight. Are we willing tonight in 2018 on a Sunday night in June? It's June still, right? I get my months confused. You can laugh a little bit. I'm trying to, trying to lighten the mood. But when we're out there and we're getting thrashed by the waves and we feel like certain death is ahead of us, are we holding on to a doctor's report? Are we holding on to our spouse? Are we holding on to a girlfriend or boyfriend? Are we holding on to a significant other? Are we holding on to our Instagram followers? Are we holding on to these things in life that are vapors that will go, but there is one thing that will last the test of time. He has lasted the test of time. He has made time. He spoke time into existence. He is our Savior. His name is Jesus. And he will get you to Malta when your ships fail you. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Is this good news? What's that devil clock tell me? How long we got? 613. I got to wrap this beast up. One of the things I want to encourage you with tonight, if you've ever believed the lie that Christianity was safe, mask off. It ain't. Christianity is the most dangerous thing in the world. I want to tell you this too, and I want to talk about Apostle Paul right here. Paul, the angel said, you are going to get to Malta. You are going to stand trial. You are going to be a witness. You are going to get all of these men safely because you have to arrive safely. God in his infinite goodness has ordained that every single one of you will get there safely. Paul spoke it to him, man. Not a single head on your hair is going to perish. Eat some food. Let's thank God. And no matter what happens, we're all going to get there together. Friends, if you have believed the lie that Christianity is safe or following Jesus is without tribulation or without anything, without any push back or opposition, that is incorrect. God never promises a safe journey, only a safe arrival. God never promises a safe journey. He promises a safe arrival. He said, we're going to go through some things. It's going to be over our heads sometimes. He said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulation, but what church? If you know it, say it. Take heart, take courage, because I, Jesus, has overcome the world. Again, those waves that seem like they are above your head, those waves are still under his feet. That cancer report that you got is still under his feet. Your mother who is sick in the hospital right now is under his feet. All of it is under his feet. That breakup that you went through last year that you're still tripping up on, it's under his feet. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Are you ready to lose your ship tonight? It's just a moment. We're about to go back into worship in just a second, man. We have got a song. It's called King of my heart. Anybody ever heard this song? Yeah. Rusty wrote it for Bethel Music. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> it's how we keep the lights on. 
He's a way better songwriter. Sorry. We're going to sing a song called King of My Heart. And one of the things with Christians in 2018 is that we find a lot of other things being the king of our hearts, don't we? It's hard for the bad news not to be the king of our hearts because, man, there are some things that are happening with this country in particular right now. And I don't mean America not making the World Cup. If that's you, I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. But yeah, it's sad. But there are some actual things happening in this country right now that we flip on the news, we turn on Twitter, we go on Instagram, we go on Facebook, and we see these things. And man, guess what? In that moment, how many of you know a swell hits you? Because it is depressing, it is heartbreaking, and it's really hard as a Christian when we got the power, when we have all this, uh, this supernatural power from God that we have a Savior that can actually fix the problem. We get kind of disgruntled because it's like, God, where are you? And suddenly, it's not that God's goodness and his grace is no longer the king of our heart, What's become the king of our heart is our grief and our upset and our frustration. But you see, Jesus Christ, he never moved out of frustration. Jesus moved because he was moved by people. He was moved by situations. He wasn't holding on to his ship. His ship was never the king of his heart. Paul's ship was never the king of his heart. No man, no woman, no amount of money, no perfect ship, no, no uh, five anchors in Rockford, no minivan, no picket fence, no truck four by four, whatever you name it, no supermodel wife, whatever it is that is your ship that you hold on to when life gets hard, even me, man. I know that in my life, Adrienne can't be my ship. I might want to make her my ship because she is my wife. She, the, the Bible says that he made a wife. He called her a great strength. Man, we know these things. Adrienne is my strength. She's my biggest cheerleader. She's my biggest champion. I hope I'm the same to her. Babe, don't nod right now. If I'm not, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Working on it. Pray for your pastors. But when we're going through it, when we're in a house search, and time and time again, man, we are putting in, because we want to have a family, we want to have a baby, we want to start moving towards that next part of our lives, and in the place that we're living in right now isn't accommodating that. In fact, if you were to bring a child to our house, we would have to pray, because it's falling apart, and there's a big hole in the floor. Um, you'll find out if you ever come over. I'll take pictures. We'll upload it on Instagram. It's literally a hole in the floor. But when things get depressing, or we have people in church that are going through some very real things, let me, bring it, let me bring it more normal for you because I understand that a house search for you might not be an actual wave. It is for us. It's depressing. It's hard. We ask where God's at in it sometimes. Even as pastors, we have those moments because it seems like we're putting in and seeing houses time and time again. We're putting in biz time and time again and nothing's happening. And on top of that, we have people in church that God has called us to. We do not run from assignments here at Takeover Church. We love people right where they are. We speak truth and love and grace. And sometimes it's not even that they're doing things wrong, that people are doing things wrong. It's just that they're hurting and that they're broken and that they deal with some very real depression and they deal with some very real things. And man, these things build up because, you know, for Adrian and I, we had conversations earlier today, even, man, are we qualified to do this? Because, man, we don't always have the answers. We don't always have the right thing to say. We don't always, we can quote so much scripture and we can tell you about the very little things that we've experienced in life compared to that because I've never dealt with mental illness. Adrienne has. We've never, I've never dealt with depression, but Adrienne has. And, and she can tell people where and how she got through those waves and those things. But sometimes we don't always have 
the answers. It's easy to get down about these things. It's easy to feel like it's over our head. It's easy to feel like church is over our head. 18 weeks deep, a young church plant in the heart of Grand Rapids. It's easy to feel like, man, we got these things to, 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 to put over and we got these things that we got to... Um, we got to figure out, and we got to put people in place, and man, we got to get a kids ministry going because we got people who want to be a part of church, and we need somebody to start building a kids ministry for us. It's easy to be like, God, where are you? Why are you not showing up? So much of our life is happening, but while the other half isn't happening, has anybody ever felt like that before? You've gotten so far, you felt like you were walking in the promises of God, and then you got about halfway, and you were wondering where the rest of it was. And in that time, it's really easy to feel like my wife is my ship because she's my girl, and I can go home, and I can hold on to her, and I can cry and vice versa. I'm more of a crier than she is. That's a lie. But it's easy to make somebody else our ship, to make monetary things our ship, to make church our ship. It really is. There's times in this life as Christians that you will find that, man, you are showing up to church to simply be noticed for other people, to simply know that you've been to church. There are times where it's like, yeah, what will so-and-so think if we're not at church? What will our crew leader think if we're not at church? We have to go or else we're gonna get that annoying phone call. I don't really feel like it. Your church can be your ship when things are going wrong. Like life is really jacked up right now. And I don't want to go to church, or maybe I do want to go to church, but I want to go to church because it's jacked up, and I don't want everybody to know that it's jacked up. And so I'm just going to show up and put my face on, and I'm going to have my pants all pressed and a new nice blouse, and I'm going to show up like I got it all together. On the other side of this, when I leave here, my world is falling apart, and the waves are over my head, and I'm getting beat up along the rocks. But man, I got to save face with some people. Church can't be our ship. People can't be our ship. We can't have a ship in this thing called following Jesus. If we are going to make it to Malta, if we're going to make it to where God has called us to be, Jesus, our Savior, he has to be everything. Church, if you haven't heard it before, let me tell you tonight, Jesus plus absolutely nothing equals everything in this life. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You cannot add to. Jesus does not collaborate. There is nothing in this life that will be as secure as Jesus Christ when you are getting beat up, when you are getting tossed by the waves in this life. If you're going to leave the village behind, don't leave it for deep, deep waters that are uncontrollable that you're just going to get beat up on. Leave it for a Savior that no matter how far you go, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how much water you might have ingested, there is a holy spring that is a wellspring for you. His name is Jesus Christ, and we can taste and see that the Lord is good. And we're preaching to anybody tonight. The worship team can come back up here. We're about to close this bad Jackson down. I love church. I love what Paul says in this, or what is written about Paul, rather, in this verse. And if you notice that when Paul is going through it, that as he listens to the word of God, as the angel said to him, as he, as he puts it secure in his heart. Some of us tonight just need to make up our minds already and decide that uh, if Jesus doesn't show up, then it's all going to fail. We just need to full, fully, recklessly abandon, dive into his promises that, man, he has called me to this, and I just need to start walking in that direction. Waves might get high. Student debt might get high. These things might get high. My friends might leave me. These things might happen, and it might be seem like it's over our head, but some of us just have to resolve tonight that it's Jesus or nothing. Either he shows up, and he brings my calling, and 
He brings me to where I have to be. He brings me that hope in his future. Plan B has to go. The lifeboats are cut. We have to make there by God's grace alone or we ain't making it. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? As Paul is going, he has his word from the Lord. The ship is already being fallen apart and they're testing the waters and they're getting deep and they're, they're running their rudders up against things they shouldn't be and it's getting ready to fall apart. Paul is a slave. He has no right, no authority, no influence to speak to this ship captain. But Paul is saying, hey, if you, if you get out this lifeboat, you're all going to face certain death. If you leave right now, you're going to face certain death. Well, what do you recommend we do? I recommend we get some food. We pray to God because he told me that no hair on your head shall perish. You ain't going to lose a single thing. You might be in over your head. The ship is going to go. But man, if we cut some ropes, if we cut some cargo, if we cut our past, if we cut some labels, if we cut what society says about us, if we cut the things that look like it will get us there safely right now, we will make it there truly because our God is at the head of all of this. So what does the ship captain do? He goes, yo, this slave over here is telling me about God. He is in shackles right now, but he is telling me in the storm, in the waves, in the thick of it, there is wind, there is waves. It is as chaotic as it can be. And he is telling me that we need to cut our lifeboats, that we need to throw some things over, that we need to break bread together, give thanks to God, and we're going to get there safely. And everybody on that ship was like, no, we're getting rid of all the slaves. We're getting rid of him. We're killing everybody because we're going to, this thing's going to break. This thing's going to blow up. And I'm about to arrive to Malta with nobody. So we're just going to kill him now, cut our weight, and hope this gets there. And the ship captain goes, no. I think this guy's sent from God. I think this is real. I think that God is who he says he is. I think he is sent by Jesus. So we're going to cut those things. We're going to throw our wheat and our cargo over. And man, the ship may break, but we're going to break bed together. We're going to be in community together. And we're going to let God decide how we get there. Amen. And so for you and me, we might be going through the storm. We might be going through the waves. We might have made some decisions and some choices that have landed us in a place and in a situation that we did not want to be, that has kept us longer than we ever thought it would, that has cost us more than we ever wanted to pay. It's over our head. We're sinking deep. But when we choose the purpose, our purpose in God, when we choose to trust his word that he is going to get us through, that he will supply all of our needs according to his glory, that he is going to supply all of our strength according to his glory, that he is going to make a way where there is no way. He is that kind of God. Take heart. Have courage. I will see you through. When we purpose that and decide to lose our ship, man, there's some things that we can leave behind. But we're not going to leave our people behind. We're not going to leave this purpose behind. We are going to go. We are going to believe God. It doesn't matter what is missing. With God, nothing is missing. It doesn't matter what it looks like, that maybe we've lost some things, we've lost some people. With God, we ain't missing nothing. He's got it. Amen. And so I want to encourage you tonight that as you go through deep waters, as you make God the king of your heart, nothing else, no ship, no person, no relationship. Hello. That's a word for somebody. No relationship is going to be your ship. Jesus is going to be your savior. When you do that, you are going to walk in influence that is undeserved. You 
are going to have people look up to you that is undeserved. You are going to find the fact that you, when you go through the storm, that you have favor in the storm. That doors are still going to open up for you. That places and conversations you have no business being in, you're going to be in. That when you feel like you have no reason to have hope, you're going to have hope. When you have no reason to have joy, you're going to have joy. Because your joy is not in a ship. Your hope is not in a ship. Your peace is not in a ship. It's in a Savior. Amen. Will you stand up? We're about ready to worship. sing the song the king of my heart and we're going to go into this song and what I want you to do is just like when we left our village last week if you've got a ship if you've got some security that is not your savior if you found your hope in some other things know that it will fail you time and time again and we're going to give this chance right now Adrian's going to be up here I'm going to be up here Dave's going to come up here from the back and we're going to be here and we're going to be open to praying with you now one of the things we've noticed in church is this is that when we open up this floor this altar this moment for you to receive some prayer and some hope we've noticed that people in the crowd aren't worshiping no 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 tonight we're going to lose our ship and the ship that we're going to find is our worship and we're going to lift up our savior we're going to lift up jesus so if you need prayer in just a moment you can make your way down here we're not going to put a microphone in your face we're going to pray with you quietly right here we're going to believe our big god for some big results in your life and then we're going to lose our mind because the king of our heart the king of our heart is not politics White House. Salvation is not coming in on Air Force One. No, our salvation comes from a greater kingdom, from a higher God, from a greater man. His name is Jesus, and so he's worthy of being the king of everything tonight. Do you agree? Will you worship like you're losing your ship tonight? Will you leave it behind tonight? Then worship team, let's go. Let's go. And if you need prayer, come on up here. We are willing to pray with you. Do not leave here tonight with your ship. Leave tonight with your Savior. This is your moment.
Nobody's looking around. Nobody's judging. But man, I just feel on the inside of me, there are some people in this room that the night has been holding on to too long, that you have found comfort in your ship, that you have found solitary in your ship, that you have found security in something other than Jesus, that you have an identity, that you have depression, that you have anxiety, that you have something in your life, some sort of form of alcoholism or addiction, whatever it is that is a dark night that has been holding on to you, that you've taken on as your identity. If you're in this place and anything other than Jesus has been your identity up until this moment, would you just shoot your hand up right now? My hand is up. Your hand is up. I see those hands. You are not alone. There are hands up all over this room. Then in this moment, I declare right now by your show of obedience of putting your hand up that the night is dead. Addiction is dead. Depression is dead. That you have lost your ship that you handed all over to Jesus tonight. He's never going to let. He's never going to let you down. Amen. Man, do you believe it tonight? Would you make some noise if you believe it tonight? If the darkness, if the night holds no authority over you, you do not answer to darkness. You do not answer to night. You answer to Jesus. Amen.